0: The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, June 28, 2020, by vicar Sam Schultz on the basis of Matthew 10, verses 21 through 33. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. Believe it or not, the mega-popular Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, aired its final episodes more than a month ago. Now this documentary is such a huge curiosity because it forces us to ask the question, what causes a man to work so hard for so long and to sacrifice so much just to be the best in the world at putting a ball in a hoop? Now you may know the story. Well, Michael Jordan was a sophomore in high school, and he tried out for his varsity basketball team, and usually uh, sophomores don't make the team. They, they get put on junior varsity. So he was put on junior varsity, but his friend, who was also a sophomore, was put on varsity, and he was 6'7". But the, the sting of rejection, the, the pain of knowing that they took someone else and not him, that, that hurt him so bad that it motivated him to work and work and keep getting better and better, and the rest is history. In a way, aren't we all kind of like that? Maybe not to the extent of Michael Jordan, but aren't we all motivated by a fear of rejection, a fear of failure? Or to put it more positively, aren't we all motivated by a deep embedded desire to be liked, to be accepted, to be approved of? For instance, when we were little kids and we drew a picture that we thought was really, really good, what was the first thing that we did? We showed our parents, right? Because we want the acceptance and approval. And when we were teenagers, in middle school and high school, you know, why did we act so differently around different kinds of people and why did we do things that now that we look back on and we we really shouldn't have done? Well, because we wanted other people to think that we were cool. We wanted acceptance and approval. And even now, why do we drive the cars that we drive? Why do we wear the clothes that we wear? Why do we say the things that we say? Why do we post the things that we post on social media? Why do we raise the kids the way that we raise them? Are we willing to admit that at least part of the reason that we do anything is because we want people to like us? accept us and to uh, approve of us unfortunately we live in a world where the basic building block of all of our lives the gospel is completely re- rejected and so if we are confessing Christ if we are loving the way that he loves and proclaiming the things that he taught well eventually we're going to reach a point where, where we are opposed, and we are gonna have to make a choice. Are we gonna confess Christ and be rejected? Or are we going to cater, and, and cater to the, everyone around us and be accepted? Confess or cater? The disciples were also in a similar situation Jesus was sending them out into Judea to proclaim the good news that the kingdom of heaven was near, and some people would really like that message, and some would not, and they would have to make that choice, confess or cater. So in this section, Jesus gives them and us the courage not to cater. He prepares us for rejection, and he strengthens us and empowers us with his promises, I imagine that the the disciples were really excited at what Jesus was saying before this section. And they're probably thinking, oh man, this is going to be sweet. We get to proclaim the good news to everyone, and it's going to be great. And we we don't even have to go far. We just have to talk to Jewish people, people like us. It's going to be easy. And we get to do miracles. We get to raise the dead and heal the sick and cast out demons. We're going to be rock stars. Everyone's going to love us, right? Jesus says... um, no. No, people are going to hate you because of me. People are going to kick you out of their towns and shun you and make up lies about you, and they're going to try to kill you, and eventually they'll succeed. And Jesus wasn't kidding. Wherever the disciples went, they were brutally persecuted, and all of them except John were either killed or executed because of their faith. And as Christianity spread, the early Christians were brutally persecuted. Their property was confiscated and they were executed by the hundreds. They were thrown into the middle of uh, stadiums, packed with cheering fans as they were torn apart by wild animals. And they were put on posts and lit on fire, alive to be human torches. And even today, Christians all around the world know that at any moment, they could lose their property or their freedom or their loved ones or their lives because they confess Christ. And we, even though we don't necessarily have to worry about our lives or our property being taken away, we still have to face that choice. Confess or cater. Because the gospel will never be what the world wants it to be. Now, Some want the gospel to be a a nice, pleasant sentimentality that that makes us feel all warm inside because it affirms our hope that we are all nice, wonderful, moral, tolerant people. Some want the gospel to be a motivational, step-by-step guide that if you follow all the right ways and say the right prayers and make Christ the center of your life, then he's gonna bless you. and He's gonna give you wealth. And prosperity and health and everything that you want and some want the gospel to be a giant club that they can use to bash on the heads of everyone who looks differently or thinks differently or who acts differently but if the gospel is true that means that we're really not very good at all in fact we're also evil and depraved that the Holy Son of God had to come and suffer and die just to pay for everything that we've done. And if the gospel is true, that means that no amount of work or step following on our part could ever make God love us more or make him bless us more than he wants to. That's not how God works. And if the gospel is true, that means that every single person, regardless of ethnicity or skin color or political stance is deeply and passionately loved by jesus and should be by us too but the world doesn't want to hear that they, they don't want to hear those gospel truths and unfortunately some people that are part of the world that rejects the gospel well some of them are our friends and our family members or our co-workers or people that we want to like us so, so, when the opportunity arises and we can proclaim the truth, we can shed our light, well, we just stay quiet. We just don't say anything. You know, no, no, we don't want to rock the boat. You know, no religion at the dinner table, right? We just stay quiet. Or when people ask us, well, what do you think about this? And we have a golden opportunity to, to share the truth, well, we just sugarcoat it and say a bunch of things without really saying anything so that they'll kind of accept that and then leave us alone. Or, as everyone else is going in the same direction in a conversation or whatever the situation is and we have an opportunity to to stand firm and go the opposite way because that's what we know is true, Well, we'll just go the same direction everyone else is going because that's what's going to make people accept us. That's what's going to make people like us. But look at what Jesus says. The student is not above the teacher nor a servant above his master. He's saying, yeah, yeah, people aren't going to like you because they didn't like me either. Yeah, people are going to kick you out of their towns. They're going to shun you. They're going to call you beelzebub. They're going to make up lies about you. That's what they did to me. And yeah, people are going to reject you. They rejected me. And so if we are confessing Christ, if we are loving the way that he loves and proclaiming the truths that he has taught us, we should expect people to reject us. Well, great. Okay, now I know I'm going to be rejected. Thanks a lot. That doesn't make it any less frightening. That doesn't make it any less painful when it happens. Well, but Jesus doesn't only prepare us for rejection he empowers us to face that rejection and look at what he says look at what he repeats from 26 to 31 three times don't be afraid don't be afraid well why does he have to say that Well, because we are we are afraid the, the idea that people aren't gonna like us that that's frightening we, we don't like that we, we all of us as humans we have a deep desire to be accepted and liked but do you ever notice that even when you do get that recognition for a job well done when you're at work it's never quite enough do you ever notice that it doesn't really matter how many people like your Facebook post you always want more never matters how many people tell you how wonderful you are it's never enough you want more and more why Because no matter how many people like us, no matter how many people approve of us, our hearts are never going to be satisfied because the only thing that can truly fill our hearts is the thing that Adam and Eve casted away when they chose to disobey God, and it's the thing that we casted away when we chose to disobey God. And that's the acceptance and the approval of a holy God. And when we disobey, we make ourselves unholy. And if God is holy and we're not, he can't accept us and he has every right to put us where unacceptable people go. And deep down we know this, so we try to keep justifying ourselves by making other people like us, but it's never enough. But look at what Jesus says. You see those sparrows? They're worthless. You can buy them for next to Nothing. But God's eye is on that sparrow. He feeds that sparrow with His hand, and He guides it on His way. He has a plan for that sparrow, and nothing happens to that sparrow unless He allows it. And if that's how God feels about a sparrow, imagine how He feels about you. You ever look in a mirror? Do you know how many hairs are on your head? Do you know how many cells make up your body? Well, God does. God knows you and loves you more intimately, more passionately, more flawlessly than we could ever comprehend. We don't have to be afraid. But how? How can Jesus tell me I don't need to be afraid? Especially when I know that I'm not good with God. Because Jesus knew that whatever rejection that his disciples would face, whatever rejection that that we would face, is nothing compared to being rejected and abandoned by God. How would he know? Because that's what he would endure on the cross. That's what he would go through. Even as people were rejecting him, he, didn't, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was going through the very thing that we deserve for all the times that we catered to everyone else and really catered to ourselves but because Jesus lived the holy, perfect life that we should have never catering to anyone completely loving his Father. And because he took the punishment that we deserve, now we can stand before a holy God. And Jesus' perfection is put on us. And now, our Heavenly Father accepts us. And if the Holy Lord of the universe, if the God that created everything accepts you, if Jesus Christ loves you so much that that he would be willing to die for you even when you hated him, even when you were his enemy, if he loved you that much, well, who else's acceptance do you need? Who else do you need to like you? Well, fear really is a powerful motivator I and mean, look at all the things that humans have done because they were so afraid to fail that they just refused to fail but we don't need to be afraid we have everything we need we don't need to be afraid of people not liking us and we certainly don't need to be afraid of whether or not God approves of us because we know that he does if fear isn't our motivator, then what is? Love. The love that God has for us inspires us to love each other and to love the world. And if we, we really love each other and the world, we will confess Christ. And when we confess Christ and we proclaim the gospel to the people around us, yeah, we'll, we'll endure the feedback even when it's not so good because we're not so worried about what they think we love people enough to share with them what they need to hear and even as some people reject us we have every confidence to know that in the same way the Holy Spirit entered our hearts through the message of the gospel that the Holy Spirit will work in the hearts of others as we proclaim the gospel to them we don't need to be afraid But when rejection does hit, and it will, you really don't need to be afraid. Because the cross of rejection that you bear on your shoulders, whatever it looks like for you, however heavy it is, will soon, very soon, be replaced by a crown of glory put on your head by Jesus who is acknowledging you before his father and when you see the birds in the sky when you look at the sparrows or whatever birds that you like to look at be reminded of who created those birds and be reminded of who created you and that if you are worth so much to him that he would bring you into his family you really don't need to be afraid Remember whose acceptance really matters and that you already have it. Amen.